It's Wednesday. How y'all feeling out there tonight? CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. Well, tonight, we're going to be talking about wokeness. We have a lot of wokeness happening. There's a lot of shit happening. I don't know if you all have been paying attention to what's been happening within the last, not even 36 hours, right? A lot of shit is happening. The fact that I woke up and saw a headline where these people are actually considering making Donald Trump the Speaker of the House. I mean, are we serious here? I mean, I don't know. Pardon my cough. I'm still dealing with the seasonal allergies, asthma situation. Um, but we want to unpack this, right? Because this is this is really ridiculous. I mean, me personally, I'm not a believer in bipartisan shit because that's what it is. It's bullshit, right? Um, I don't see where it has benefited us as black and brown people. I don't see where entering into these agreements with the Republicans have advanced democracy. If anything, right now we have a growing problem where we have more and more conservatives on both sides of the fence. I mean, we have conservative Dems and we have, you know, the Republicans, right? The white liberals is who brought us here. So for me, I am not going to sit here and placate whitewashing, which is what's happening. We have a lot of our movement being wiped out and white out, right? Now, some of us, particularly black and brown people for reasons that they alone have, seem to be very dedicated to getting this support and whatever it is we tell ourselves from black um, from sorry, from white people. So what tends to happen is, you know, we start our movement, we're all hell bent about it, we want to get it all done, but then for whatever reason, we can't seem to do it without the white people. We we start to talk about each other. We start to say, well, I can't depend on black people to do shit. But what are we really doing to address that? Are we really talking about that? Are we really addressing to each other why right now we need to really put shit aside, right? And realize the bridge is over because it is. Right here in Connecticut, the most gentrified towns, New Haven, Bridgeport, Hartford, White Mears, Hamden, White Mere. Okay. Why is that? Okay, how are we okay about that? Just not too long ago, just the other day, everybody cared about Columbus statues. Everybody was ripping them down, throwing paint. It was trending. It was trending. Why do we allow it to be that way, right? Why do we sit here and we say nothing changes, but we trend away our own movement? How come we're not kneeling anymore? Did we forget about George Floyd? Did we, you know, decide, well, that's not important anymore? Because I don't know if you've been paying attention, but quite frankly, it hasn't gotten any better in terms of police brutality. Just within the last 24 hours, look at what is going on. We have the President Joe Biden coming out and admitting that in a few years, you know, this country is going to be a white minority, European white minority country. All right. And he's telling Democrats to be respectful. Is he telling all Democrats to be respectful? Or is he telling white 
Democrats to be respectful? That's the real question, right? That's the real question. I mean, we need to sit down and unpack this shit here, people, because this is ridiculous, right? The fact that in 2023, like I'm about to speak a whole different language. I don't know about you, but when I'm sitting here and I get that mad, my <laughs> I don't know if my mind can keep up with my mouth and my words. I might mispronounce this and babble. I mean, it's just a natural reaction. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it because I think that more of us should get mad, but not just get mad. We need to do something about it. Donald Trump is running around a free man. He still gets to use a clean bathroom. He still gets to meet with his family. He still gets to see his kids. He could do selfies. He could date somebody. He could smoke weed and walk down the street. But do you realize how many of our black and brown brothers and sisters do not have that luxury? Am I the only one who has a problem with that? I don't think so. I don't think I'm the only one. I think that we need to have a real good look inside ourselves. We need to really, really think about what the fuck is going on. The fact that this man's name is even being brought up. For speaking of the house, like, I don't understand what the fuck, like, a couple hours ago, days ago, right? It feels like hours. It doesn't even feel like days. We were just trying to figure out if there was going to be a government shutdown. So I'm asking you, you know, like, what the fuck? How much more needs to happen before we all realize that we as black and brown people, we can't just sit here. Outside is really America. I mean, you're seeing it happening right in front of you, man. What else do we need to see? We have our own people selling us off. We have people like Candace Owens, who's coming out and saying some pretty egregious shit and making us all look bad. I mean, Kanye West is a whole other category, Ice Cube, right? I could go down the line. These are people who are known, Black celebrities, known people who are respected, And they are tearing down our opportunity towards democracy. Now, here's my other question, particularly for the black and brown people. I want you to think about something. Did we ever really have democracy here in America? Was that really ever a thing? Was that actually something that happened here? Because it doesn't seem that way. The fact that Donald Trump, right, you know, is walking around a free man. He could go down the street. He could talk to his friends. He could go have beers. He could smoke some weed at the corner. He's a free man. So many of our black and brown brothers and sisters are sitting in jail. They are sitting in jail for nothing. That's right. Because rather than spend money on education programs, rather than invest in the black and brown communities in a positive way. We sit here and we build jails and we build schools that look like jails. Let me tell you something else that pissed me the fuck off. And I'm saying it right on time because the right person just popped on. So I don't know if you all saw this nonsense. And for those of you all who are not local to Connecticut, you could find this foolishness in the New Haven Independent. Um, it, it crossed me. I didn't catch it at first, but a friend pointed it out and my God, my blood pressure went from zero to 60 
because y'all, these last few days I've been dealing with my asthma and I'm having my medication and that and climate change and how it affects that. You know, all the shit y'all don't like to talk about. And then I see this article where for reasons that I know my ancestors rolled over 15 times, I'm pretty sure Marcus Garvey is just sitting up there like flabbergasted, you know, Bob Marley just trying to figure out what the fuck just happened, right? Because tell me I did not see an article where the New Haven Arts Council did this ceremony, they facilitated a ceremony where they were um, Jamaican independence or something, something like that. I tell you, I can't remember that part of it, but I just know this part. I'm reading the thing. It's supposed to be celebrating Jamaica and all the West Indian countries. And tell me these people did not appoint a white woman, an honorary West Indian, more specifically, an honorary Jamaican. What the fuck is an honorary Jamaican? So by that token, why haven't we appointed Columbus an honorary asshole? Three-fifths, I see you on the call. Talk to the people, brother. Yeah, I, I read the article. It was like, um, it, it's, it's colonialism. Yes, it is. Come a little closer to the mic, uh, three-fifths. It's on a little far. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, it, it was sad. I read the whole article. What it was, what they did was good. It was a scholarship. Awards. I don't have a problem with that, but I wrote before about that. That you know, I never, I never heard of any other ethnic group making somebody honorary of another ethnic group. I, I, I never heard that. <laughs> I, no, well, here's here's the thing. Columbus found your ancestors. I stand, I, I stand correct because in Africa, some. Africa I was. You took it out of my mouth. Allies. You took it out of my mouth. They used to, they used to give. They used to give honorary uh, kings. To like Europeans and stuff that came over there, or the, or the Chinese was buying up Africa. They would make them honorary kings. You know, I noticed something. Never honorary queens. Listen, you starting shit now. But my thing is, is that it, it, yeah, right? Well, you know, I couldn't help myself. But the point is, is that in 2023, this is what we doing. So I started off the pod by talking about the fact that I'm flabbergasted that we're so whitewashed. You know, you would think by seeing what we're seeing, I mean, come on, I woke up this morning and I was texting you about it. The fact that Donald Trump's name was even put in for Speaker of the House, and we have so many brothers and sisters who are wrongfully incarcerated and doing long time. And this motherfucker even, what? And then you have this next one again, a white savior again appointed an honorary Jamaican. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? Let me tell you something. I'm ignorant. You know that. I'm ignorant, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll make a deal with you all. That white savior could be an honorary Jamaican. Yeah, man. As soon as she and her people give back Jamaica, what they take? How about that? You cracking up over there. I can't stand you sometimes, <laughs> Jamaica. Listen. Okay. We might as well just go ahead. And, no, no. You know what? Make Donald Trump an honorary Jamaican. There you go. Oh, no, honorary Puerto Rican. Because he threw toilet paper at them. So they got something. See, you're not grateful. That's the thing. That's what our problem is. We're not grateful. So we don't appreciate the white people. Fuck that. Fuck that. Why are we still doing that? People forget Donald Trump used to have the book called Mind Cart. That was like the book called like the... Uh, uh, 
the, the Third Reich. He used to speak by his bedroom cup. And I, I think what's happening now, Donald Trump is actually, he, 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 he's creating a cult. And it's a dangerous cult. And I keep telling people, it's fascinating. Yes, and the conservatives on both sides, three-fifths. Well, for example, well, yeah, but the conservatism, the fascism is actually over, overlapping with conservatism. Correct is right. Look at the book. Look, look at look at the book banning. The Nazis did that. The Nazis did what also worked. If you look, they they banned music. They wouldn't have jazz or any type of music. And what the people did is called bone music. I'm gonna show you something on it later. They would take X-rays and and turn the X-ray. You can actually take like an X-ray. You go to the doctor. You can turn it into a record. That's why they call it bone music. And that's how they had to hide their music. The Nazis hated hated. They hated up. What's her name? Uh, I can't think of the lady, the black singer's name. But during that time, wow, they the books. They did a whole lot of stuff, and you can see it now. If y'all think he talking shit, now I'm gonna drop this quote on my boy three fifths here. So since we spoke about this foolishness, because I was just telling everybody how my blood pressure went to a whole different level when I saw that article. All right, and I'm sitting here prepping for tonight, and I'm just reading you know, like mentally prepping. And I came across this quote. Our 10-point program is in the midst of being changed right now because we use, we use the word white when we should, have, we should have used the word capitalist. That was said by Fred Hampton from the Chicago Black Panthers. I'm going to just give the mic to three-fifths. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it, it's, it, it is colonialism. It, it's, it's the mindset, you know, uh, is more like even Malcolm said, we sick, boss, we sick, and you know what that is. So that's all I can say. Because it comes back to the same thing, because it's like it's like you and I talk, we break bread on this all the time. These samples, man, we got to shut that shit down. Look at George Logan, right? George Logan rocking around with these Republicans, selling us down the river. That's the same person. For those who are not familiar, that was someone who was a senator here in Connecticut. And when we were going for the police brutality bill, he had the fucking American flag. He wore it like a fucking robe. And he was providing his feedback, right, talking about why we need so many police. Are you serious? George Floyd just died, bro. What? But we are so quick to sell off our own people. Here's my thing with that, to go back to what, that fuckery was the honorary whatever the fuck. Instead of doing that and giving a white woman another accolade, what stopped them from recognizing black or even brown people? Oh, home run. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. What stopped them from doing that? Right? What is it? The chains on the mind? Listen, I want to know if what did she do for you all that was so groundbreaking, bro? Because the last time I checked, there's quite a few Jamaicans in New Haven, in Connecticut in particular, who are houseless, jobless, or housing insecure, job insecure, making barely livable wages. So I'm sorry, what did I miss again? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. 
That's right. That's why I said Marcus Garvey probably flipped over 15 fucking times because what I don't un listen, yo, I, I'm trying to figure out like, why are we so quick to applaud that white saviorism and allow the black and brown movements to be whitewashed? Why are we in 2023 still sitting here thinking I need these white people to put me on? Now look at what the fuck is happening on a larger scale. You have Donald Trump walking around as a free man. You have Ron DeSantis ruining people's lives in Florida. And that's just one space. Like, I mean, it's right there on TV what these people are doing. You can't make this shit up. This is not propaganda. So then what will it take, three-fifths? smaller and smaller because they, they, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, unfortunately. And it, it, it's, it's just sad. You know, I, I would have I gave him a pass if they made John uh, John Brown an ordinary Jamaican because I know his record. That's what I'm saying. If you, if listen, real talk, talk that talk, but tell people why. Tell people why because this is because his record. correct. He, man, later, he, he got hung for some Negroes that were scared. And was Negroes you see that? You see that? But you all, but they didn't call him up and make him honorary anything. But you glorifying a white woman who already has privilege and stance in the society that you are struggling in. There's other people and other things you could have celebrated. What was the problem with that? Really? Really? We need we we what? What did Carter G. Woodson say? He said that sometimes that the master doesn't help tell the Negro listen i i don't understand how a couple it, it feels like a couple hours ago right because the time just flew past but people was just shouting down the columbus statues what happened to that what happened to kneeling and 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 boycotting the nfl what happened to that so we stopped doing that for what reason because the police brutality didn't finish the white supremacy didn't finish did it Yes. Well, it's like you said before, we have more and more black and brown people. And this is a fact. There are more and more black and brown people registered as unaffiliated. How the fuck don't people see that as problematic? You know, if you go, I had another thing. There's a brother that he goes on my page. And I put a post in there. And I think I sent you a copy. I said it. How Afro-Latinos are starting to, you know, to actually become real, you know, getting larger. This brother wrote, what's the Afro-Latino? Most of them put down writing application. What is that? I had to spank his brain a little bit, let him know about people like uh, John Carter, who held his fists up with the glove, tried to be Cuban. His mother's Cuban. Uh -huh. Okay? Arturo Schoenberg, that, that taught Dr. John Henry Clark. His mother was Puerto Rican. Carlos Cooks, the black Dominican. So be very careful, my sir, if you're listening to this pod. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go back to his page and write some more stuff for him. And stuff. There's a lot of Afro uh -huh. That's what Afro Latinos are. There's actually Afro Asians. So you gotta watch. Be careful. We come in all in all groups and all mix. Uh -huh. They are actually they're Jamaican Irish. They call it, they look uh -huh. So be careful, sir. 
half of the Latinos are part of us. And I meant to tell them also when I get off here, don't forget Fidel Castro, who saved Africa. So check this out. So I put the post of tonight's episode on social media and someone replied and said, so on the post for this, um, actually not for tonight's episode, it was last night's episode. Here's the post where yourself and Manny and I, we were, well, no, sorry, you weren't on last night. It was Manny and myself. And we were talking about, you know, this quote about Joe Biden saying that my, um, America will soon be a minority white European country, but encourage his fellow Democrats to be respectful. At least that's the story in the American Insider today. So we spoke about that. And also we said, we spoke about the Associated Press citing that conservatives are not able to speak freely on college campuses. We talked a few nights ago more and more about black and brown people are registered as unaffiliated voters for various reasons, including not finding democracy in the electoral process. So that's what I wrote to promote the pod. Someone replied and said, that's not what I see. Black folks are being pushed out, brown folks moving in. Dicks will have, no question asked, now say it ain't so. Look at that. That's not true. That's not true. Right. That's a person that doesn't know the history of, of, of brown people. First of all, I would tell that person, did you know that there were a group called the Mexican That's exactly what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell her when you learn your history. Right. No, well, I'm replying to them now because this person, see, this is what they want. They want the black and brown people at war, right? They want us to sit here and go at each other because you see, while we're doing that, something that you pointed out as well, the most gentrified cities in this state, in the state of Connecticut, are managed by white mayors. How do we not see something wrong there? Bridgeport, New Haven, Hamden. Yes. 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 They made the Winchester Files in New Haven. Those are partners. I was driving to Harvard to take my wife uh, to the airport. I saw the sign for rent. The old Colt gun factory now has marketed apartments. So I pulled off the highway and looked at them when they, they started developing. Those are going to be some big apartments. I think they're going to be large apartments. But they're developing in Hartford. And Hartford is worse than New Haven when it's coming to gentrification. Let me tell you something. I started off before you came on. I was saying that I personally, I know you do not as well. Um, I'm not a supporter. I do not support bipartisan shit because it's bullshit, right? Because look at what's happening right now. You have conservatives on both sides and look at what they're doing to our country, this country. Bipartisanship is that 
Republicans need to bank job, the Democrats got a getaway car. They just right. money up. That, that's you know that's that's all it is. I, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a strong opponent of proportional representation. No two party duopoly. You know it, it's right. You know <laughs> right. It is mind-boggling because the level of ignorance and arrogance, right, you know, is is astounding. People do not know their history and they know they don't know it, and they don't realize, like you pointed out with this person who made that comment, it's being used against you. Your ignorance and arrogance is being used against you. We have more and more black and brown people, you know, like look at what's going on in Fairhaven right now, Fairhaven, Connecticut, right? You have where you could tell where the brown line is and the black line is. But yet, if you live there, it's not like that. But they want us to be that way because it's easier to control. It's happening across the country, right? We're watching these politicians, these rich white politicians, doing some real egregious shit. And we're still sitting there saying bipartisanship, bipartisanship. Are you serious? Where has that? My question to you is, where has bipartisanship, if at all, in my opinion, it has never, and I'm pretty sure you're along that lines, but where has that ever benefited our people, prefabs? It hasn't. It hasn't. It, it benefits the black elite. You might get a judgeship, a commissionership here, or you know, your first black on the Supreme Court. But other than that, it doesn't, it, those positions don't benefit the masses of us. Hell, you know, when you, when you have the black elite and the Latino elite too, when they have their functions, me and you can't afford them $500,000 tickets. So they lock the poor out. They come in like, you know, I'm the first. All that is, I call it cosmetic stuff to show young people, see, you can make it too. No, that's just tokenism, you know? And by the way, don't forget, I told a brother, don't forget, I made him look up some history. Malcolm X, right-hand woman, was an Asian named Yuri Komagachi. And you saw that. Well, we know that. She was right there when he got killed. That's right. So don't, I told him, don't, you know, I got something for him, trust me, when I get off this line. Like, no, well, people don't, they don't want to hear that, because you see, again, white society has taught us to doubt ourselves, right? Look at what, what Fred Hampton said. They should not have said white. They should have said capitalist. That's a big fucking line, bro, because he's right. Because that's what it was, and that's what it still is. The fact that Donald Trump is walking around, he could see his family, he could sit at the corner, he could call who he wants, and so many of our brothers and sisters, black and brown brothers and sisters, houseless, jobless, housing insecure, you know, job insecure. I'm I'm fucking over the, the wokeness. You see who just popped up? He must have known we was talking some shit. Manny, let me just bring you up to speed. <laughs> you see you see how he just crawled in there? See, because I was saying to Manny earlier. There's no way that the young people aren't watching the news and looking at us like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, for real, for real. The fact that you have these people creating a title, honorary Jamaican, you have Donald Trump even being considered for Speaker of the House. I mean, what the actual fuck? So, Manny, we just go and give you the mic and, and go ahead, brother. <laughs> I love I love the thing he says I answered. <laughs> my apologies for uh, answering. Like, uh, technology was not on my side today. Um, as I was leaving another meeting right before this. But, um, 
Yeah. No, you are absolutely <laughs> moonwalking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's get this straight. All right. Uh, definitely going to echo what you said, right? Is that the young people are absolutely um, aware of what's happening uh, and definitely in tune with it, right? Um, in fact, I uh, earlier today was talking <laughs> to uh, a few of my peers, right, my age, and we were actually talking about, you know, this whole woke ideology. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, a lot of us, not a lot of us, all of us, all of us were on the same page and saying that we're just so tired of it. We're tired of the whole being woke thing. We're tired of, you know, being woke, being used as an excuse for the most absurd and outrageous uh, statements and actions, right, and beliefs. You know, we're like, we, I mean, people were giving different examples, right, of like things, you know, statements they heard, like, oh, you're not work, you're not woke if you don't do this, or you're not woke with this, whatever. And, <laughs> like, you know, I had to laugh because, you know, we were laughing, right? Because we're like saying, like, this is so, this, this is literally the way we see it is one of the most stupidest things. <laughs> ever and you know again and it's like in our generation right uh, and the, the younger generation the millennial generation really you know that's where it's really supposed to be taking center stage right the woke ideology um but you know yet here we are we're part of this generation you know that's supposed to be center stage and, and you know the, the woke ideology and, and we don't care a single thing for it you know like we we don't subscribe to you know it, its conceptions and uh, and beliefs we ourselves you know are like i mean it could disappear tomorrow and we'd be all the happier for it because it gets on our nerves too you know and 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 what comes along with that is the expectations placed upon us right because our generation is supposed to be center stage you know with it right so 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 often are we under the scrutiny of not being woke enough or you're doing this or you're supposed to be doing this because you're part of the quote unquote woke you know generation and it's like um no no, 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 do not group us together, you know, with those, with the people who subscribe to that just because we're the same age or because we're in the same generation or the same demographic. No, 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 <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, I don't, you know, use a very, uh, how do I put it? Very colorful language that my peers do. Well, I'm about to really raise your blood pressure. You know that you ain't gonna get away tonight. So you know how last night we were sitting here unpacking that comment by Joe Biden, right, about America soon being a minority white European country, and I did our little you know spiel to promote the episode. Someone replied and said this: "That's not what I see. 
Black folks being pushed out, brown, brown folks moving right in. Dixwell Ave, no question asked. Now say it ain't so. Here's my reply to that bullfuckery, courtesy of our friend three-fifths. Do you know the history of brown people? I think you need to read about the brown barrettes and take another look at the so-called democracy in the Ville, which is one of the most gentrified cities in this state. You think that was not by design. How you feel? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, some people, um, <laughs> I, that's why I often question when people make certain statements, I'm like, well, I have to sit there and think, do you, do you maybe know just a little bit about what you're speaking on? Because sometimes it just doesn't seem so. And um, well, <laughs> I try to just leave it there. But you're absolutely right. Listen, you take New Hallville, right? And you take many of the, uh, the residents who have lived there for decades, right? Uh, who, and who have lived there their entire lives, many of them. And <laughs> yeah, my, my blood pressure is definitely getting raised. <laughs> and, you know, you, you have conversations with them, or, or, or it seems like you don't, but I have conversations with them. And they talk about, you know, how they've seen the rise and fall of so many different things. But overall, just a general uh, uh, consensus that they've, where they've bared witness to the gentrification of Newhallville, right? So many things being put in, so many things taken out, you know, restrictions, limitations, all these different things. You know, and they say, like, it, it is completely unrecognizable from the New Hallville that they, you know, grew up in and that they raised a family in and all that. So, no, like, if, if you don't have enough or really any evidence to support your claim, you know, that pretty much, pretty much what you're doing is dismissing, right, the entire gentrification process, the entire removal of, of, you know, things that serve the community for those, you know, those decades, you're dismissing, right? So many of the, you know, those lifelong residents who live there, everything that they have bared witness to that has changed for the worse by your statement of which I'm like, where's your basis and your foundation to make that statement? You're dismissing their entire lived experience. So don't do that. Don't, don't do that. If you cannot sit there and provide ample amounts of evidence and a foundation and the basis as to why you're saying that, please do not enter your, your, well, I'm not going to say common sense because it's not. No, it's not. And let me tell you something else. But you're playing into the master's hand because they want us to be at war. That's what three-fifths and I were just talking about. I mean, three-fifths, you want to add some more, some comments to what he just I mean, like, like Manny said, and you said, we all, lack of history. A lot of people don't know the Tuskegee Airmen. My people talk about it all the time. But you had, a, you had a black Dominican that was a member of the Tuskegee Airmen. He, he, he joined. He got in. They took him in. He realized that, that the connection that he had. 
So, I mean, it's the history is our problem. You get people like that, they have lack of history. That's how you get them. You pin them with history. Right. Education is always the key, right? And the thing about it is... Exactly like we were saying. Just now they were just, you know, crying about the Columbus statues, throwing paint and shit, kneeling for this, kneeling for that, right? We have towns right here in the state of Connecticut. Some of the most gentrified towns, New Haven, Hamden, Bridgeport, Hartford, are all ran by white mayors, right? We have, you know, for whatever reason, black and brown people have lost the zest to, you know, recognize or demand true representation. And we're just like throwing away our own people, as we say back home, selling off our own. The fact that these motherfuckers are sitting here applauding white saviorism and honoring people and giving them accolades that they don't deserve. This is a white person. Why are you making them an honorary anything? They already have privilege. I mean, what the fuck? And then you wonder why so many black and brown movements are getting whitewashed. Manny, I have a question for you. Ed and I just broke bread on this. Can't wait to hear your response to this one. So you might want to drink some water. Okay. You ready? How has bipartisanship benefited black and brown people, if ever? Oh, geez. You know, I'm going to, I think, <laughs> I think, I think one day on this podcast, I think, I think I'm going to get diagnosed with, um, like high blood pressure of like a 75 year old um, <laughs> the, the way I'd be getting angry um okay let's talk about this so all right I'm gonna approach this with two different uh, two two statements one I mean let's just get it let's let's start off by saying uh, bipartisanship um, historically and even in contemporary times has i mean almost rarely rarely ever worked uh in a beneficial manner for the black and brown population of the united states that that's just bottom line um you know because what happens in bipartisanship is a lot of times, uh, you know, again, both parties are trying to get their agendas across. Both parties want, you know, to satisfy their individual goals. Um, and both are pretty much rigid in their ways, you know, to where they can't really find a compromise that is necessarily wholly beneficial for their constituents. Right. Um, so it, it's really it's a, it's kind of almost a gridlock type of scenario that happens a lot of time when you're trying to get bipartisanship. So. So. So, yeah. So bottom line, rarely ever has it really worked out for the black and brown population in the United States. Now, <clears throat> again, me being who I am. Right. Um, I, I've often. Uh, and in my years of doing this, I've always myself um, have tried to, you know, be in a, in a bipartisan manner, uh, you know, and work on initiatives and programs and even bills and policies, you know, in a bipartisan manner. 
um, but not for the politics of it. That that I have always made clear, not for the politics of oh I, you know I'm a uh, a Democrat who was able to accomplish this with a Republican. Give me your applause. No, <laughs> nothing like that. The way I have always approached it is this bipartisan attempt, right? That I'm doing is more so on a human being level, right? Like I want it to be shown that, listen, regardless of whatever political affiliation, you know, that the other person or the other group has, can there be this, you know, joining together of here's a really important issue whether it be gun violence or, you know, the opioid addiction or whatever the case was, right, at the moment, here's this really big issue that's affecting human lives, right? Can you, as another human being, work with me to help these people, right? Forget the politics of it, right? I never focus on that. But, you know, again, they're Republican or they're independent or whatever. And so... By definition, yeah, it is bipartisanship. But in my way of seeing it is, listen, it's going beyond, you know, the fact that you're across the aisle or you have a different ideology or whatever. It's just you're another human being who, yeah, you believe other different things, different than me, whatever, whatever. But can we just agree that this is an issue we both need to work on for the benefit of others, right? So... I do often try to approach things in a bipartisan manner and I've been successful, you know, time after time and sometimes not successful. It's perfectly okay. But, um, yeah, no, I, I do agree on a national scale, you know, uh, bipartisanship that definitely has not worked out uh, for, you know, a lot of our population. I appreciate what you're saying because as a younger soul, I, I appreciate your stance on it. Let me say that part. All right, that was the nice part. Here's the bad part. Unfortunately, due to factors beyond your control, from the very beginning, bipartisanship is a farce, an illusion of democracy is how I see that. Because really, it was a mean to extend control. And I'm going to just pass the mic. No, you, you said it right. It's, 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 the, the, it's, it's the two-party duopoly. That's what we have here. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, you know, rest his soul, I mean, he, he's older now. He used to go around, around, around the globe to examine the, uh, the voting systems in different countries. And he came upon and said, this is why you need proportional representation. A two-party system is what it is. It's a two-party. You got two people based on a system. There's just two voices being it. That's why they can't get along. Then studies have shown with proportional representation, you get things done more quicker, plus you have more people that will come out and vote because they're not stuck. Like right now, in November, the people of New Haven are really stuck with elephants. They're stuck with them. And who, who are they going to vote for? Well, right. Because that ideology of let's come together, not that you're wrong, Manny, but that ideology was exploited. Like, look at what's going on right here in the Ville and across the United States. That ideology, well, you know, let's get bipartisan support. That's why we have people like Tom Goldenberg posing as a Democrat, but getting backed by Republicans. That's why you have people like Candace Owens turning her back 
on her entire community. Because you see, the conservatives get leveraged. That's the dangerous, the fascists and these conservatives. You can't have white supremacy without, you know, conservatism. It's not going to happen. The bipartisanship is a nice way to continue that. That's how it became normalized. Because we started telling each other things like, well, if you could write this bill and you could get bipartisan support, we could push it through. Because really and truly in this shithole, the alleged democratic process is set up to discourage who? Black and brown people. So while your perception and your interpretation is correct for the most part ideologically, Unfortunately, realistically, what's going on now, it's not going to be successful because it's going to be deemed as and seen as what has already happened. So now my question to you is, any thoughts have you given to that and how you plan? Well, see, if I may say also, add, the, the, the government's so-called shutdown, that's a scam, and I'll tell you why. I was listening to Professor Richard Wolf today, and as he was saying, the people that's going to get hurt, yeah, the poor get hurt, but it's the corporations that ain't getting that, as they say, getting that paper from the government, like the military contracts. Those are cut off. Those are the ones that's telling them, look, y'all got to get this together so I can get paid. If you think about it, it's true. Money for Ukraine to be cut off. Yes. Money going to Ukraine is, is rayon. It's the military budget, arms, coke. Yes. Coke, coke, firearms make three quarters of the guns overseas, so Smith and Wesson. But that's what Manny was saying when we were talking about it too, because people did not pay attention. Like they hear they hear the word shut off and they take it to mean UI. This is bigger than UI. All of that being said, Manny, as a younger person coming into this world, right? And like I said, I really appreciate your thought on bipartisanship. And it's my, it's not you I'm critiquing. And I know you know that. But how do you plan to, or have you thought about how you're going to face that off? And have you had? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely have had to, you know, fight it off, uh, you know, <laughs> a couple of times throughout the years. Um, you know, as more so when I, you know, branched out of New Haven um, and, you know, went to places like New Milford and, you know, and Meriden and I mean, even Waterbury and, you know, like, I mean, specifically, I'll mention this one time, you know, um, where uh, I was working um, on, you know, a bill um, to be introduced for opioid addiction and, you know, this program that we wanted to create and funding and all that stuff. And, you know, um, that city of you know that I was trying to get it introduced into uh, was a, a very Republican-run city. So you know I had a lot of people come up to me like, "Well, you know, you're a Democrat, come from New Haven, you know, such and such and such, and you're coming to a city that's very Republican-controlled. Um, why are you even trying to have conversations with these, you know, legislators and these people?" when you know they like share almost no beliefs that you have and they are completely against your party and all that stuff. And so, okay, granted, you know, fair, I understand that. But, you know, again, I, the way I approach it um, is, you know, letting them know I had those conversations with those Republicans. 
Yeah, some were harder conversations because all they saw was the political divide. Um, and others, you know, were, it took some convincing to do, <laughs> you know, to, to work with them and all that. Um, and here's what I tell people is that, you know, bipartisanship, it's, it's not going to work all the time, ever, 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 ever. I don't, I don't think how, however many hundreds of years are going to pass in this country, bipartisanship will never 100% or even really 70%. Well, wait a minute now. You're you going to ask me another, I, I got to ask you this question now. When has it been successful in your opinion? And not just on a small scale. I'm talking on a scale where not just 50 people benefited, like a real noticeable scale. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, off the top of my head, you know, uh, without recalling specific scenarios, that, that's why I said, you know, the bottom line that I said, it's like on, on a big scale, on a national scale. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I would, I would definitely say it's, it's between a five to 3% chance it's ever really worked out, uh, for a, a mass scale of, you know, individuals. Uh, but with that is because, you know, when you're talking about Congress, you're talking about hundreds of House representatives and, you know, that divided into Republican and Democrat. And then you're talking about 100 senators, you know, <laughs> and Republican and Democrat. It's much easier to, you know, get a, a table full of people, you know, Democrat, Republican to try and come together than entire chambers full, you know, of Democrats and Republicans to come together in a bipartisan way for the benefit, again, of a mass scale of people. And I, I hear you on that. So here's a question on the table for both of you all. So elections are coming up. Where do we see two things? Bipartisanship and these woke white people. Hello? We hear you. Oh. oh. Uh, I, again, I look at it. Like Malcolm said, I'm going to have to keep my ballot in my pocket. <laughs> you don't see nothing, you keep your ballot in your pocket. I'm at a point now, that's, that's what I look at it as. It's, it's, it, it's, it's <laughs> like I said, we just, it, it, it's really, there's really nothing to say because it's in front of us. We see it, you know, the, the effects of it. I just, like I said, if I don't see it, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pulling the lever. I'm not putting up, you know. I don't blame you there. What about you, Manny? Where do you see bipartisanship, you know, where do you see all this leading into this election here? Oh, in this election, none. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it at all. Um, yeah, not, not this election. Um, you know uh, the local election stuff. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't see bipartisanship playing any role here. Uh, yeah, at all. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be bipartisan because it's like we didn't talk about it. We never saw Elika's campaign manager. We have no idea what that person looks like. I could have been next to them and stop and shop, and I have no clue. For real, dead ass. That man just had to put on his good shirt and good pants and walk outside. Next thing you know, he got the nomination. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, he, he does it. The machine has it. He 
family. So what what is there left? You just go give somebody something, and and I know it's gonna happen. Well, if you don't vote, you don't you you, you shouldn't complain, and you know that that's a wasted vote. I tell people, let me tell you something about it. I shouldn't have the right to complain because I don't vote. When is my right to put a grievance out based on me putting an X in the box? And I and I told one girl the other day, I said, look what happened in Bridgeport. They were stuffing the boxes. Shouldn't you complain about that? So show me where where is is, is justice in me voting? When I see something, I'm I'm not now. I might I might write in the Teletubbies just out of respect. I might go there and I'm, I might even do that. I said, listen, you know, I'm gonna write my candidate in this shit. I ain't voting. I'll write in the Teletubbies. Lord, money, take money, <laughs> Stop laughing. I could hear you laugh. <laughs> money over there cracking up. So what do you have to say to that? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I like how you always tell I'm laughing. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> you're right. I mean, like three three fifths is right. I mean, this election definitely has been one of the more the more interesting ones uh, that I've witnessed <laughs> in the years that I I've been here doing things. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like just how quickly and how, how early on, you know, I was even telling people like, oh, no, this 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 election is done. <laughs> I was telling Straight people facts. that. Like, Straight fucking facts. facts. Back, like back nobody questioned shit. I was yeah. just getting entertained by the campaigns. I ain't going. No, I, I was telling people, I was like, this, this election is done. All right. I know who the winner is. But then, but then guys, then why why aren't we fighting for more representation? We're still yeah. letting these white people whitewash our own fucking movements. The fact these people will give this woman an award, honorary Jamaican, a white woman, are you serious? And all of this is coming from the wokeness, believe it or not. That's also how come Donald Trump is still even relevant. This wokeness shit. Grandmother was a Democrat, my father was a Republican, whatever. That's what happens. They just go in there, pull the lever. You'll hear like, well, you know, you don't if you don't want Trump to get in, so vote for Biden. But Biden doing some sneaky stuff too. I was I, I was talking to a friend of mine, a reporter, and he told me, he said, Look how Biden jumped on the uh the bandwagon of the auto workers, but he cost the, the railroad workers. And a lot of people that railroad, that was a serious strike, and it wasn't so much about money. They they gotta they, they gotta work almost six days a week and can't take nothing unless they get a doctor's note to take that. But let's add to that list. Wait a minute. Let's add to that list that you're on, and I'm pretty sure Manny might have some stuff to add there too. You know, because let's talk about the domestic workers. When the fuck will the domestic workers actually get the pay they deserve? Come on now, people. It's not just you know. I'm not saying we're Republican fans. That's not what we're doing here. But the truth is, and Cornel West was just now talking about this. That's another person who's not getting to meet the respect they deserve, right? But there's different reasons for that. Do you all agree? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But he's right, though, because you see, the bullshit is on both sides. The question to both of you all, considering Cornel West, and he, you know, he's trying to get out there, he's getting pushed back now because, because of this wokeness. Right. These woke white people are defining what we do and do not support. It's very fucking dangerous. Manny, talk to me on behalf of the young people. What the fuck do we need to do? If anything, can we do? 
Well, yeah, I mean, really, it it's just, <laughs> I mean, as as kind of common sense as it sounds, but again, I mean, I'll say until people start doing it, right? Um, a lot of the young people, I mean, again, like like I proved earlier, you know, when we were talking about it, we don't subscribe to the woke ideology, right? And we make it known. I mean, like, you can straight up just ask, you know, one of us. And, I mean, again, from what I've seen, listen, teenagers, don't be very blunt and blatant to your face. No, I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't. And, you know, and, and so when you start to really get the, the real consensus of just how much of the, you know, my generation that, the narrative is, oh, that we're woke and, and we subscribe to the woke ideologies and such and such, such and such. But if you go to us on a on an individual basis, no, no, we we don't agree. Like we we find it to be annoying. We find it to be absolutely, you know, absurd. And and you know, and we're we are upset that it encompasses, you know, the narrative of our generation because, you know, people just assume that we subscribe to the woke ideology, you know, the ideology, and we don't. So to the young people, right? I mean, I'm gonna say what I what I keep saying. Listen, make it known. If you don't subscribe to the woke ideology, make it known. Like, and, and start to have conversations with with others, you know, as to as to why you know why you don't, right? You know, be be honest. And then two, we really. What I feel as though that we need to do as as Generation Z, right? Um, if on a on a larger scale, it's found that a lot of us don't subscribe to woke ideology, well, then we need to begin to shift that narrative, because right now it's it's like an umbrella narrative placed over us, right? That just all Gen Z people are, are woke. And and no, we're not. No, we we don't we don't care about none of that. We're not. Well, wait a minute. Pause right I, there for a cause. Let let's not forget the fact. Who even came up with the fucking term? It wasn't any of us, was it? Nope. <laughs> You're definitely right about that, right? Well, well, so <laughs> so I tell you know. Yeah. surveys and stuff, they wanted Bernie Sanders. They wanted that type. They wanted a democratic socialist. They were for him. And forget now. Don't forget. You can't forget. Hillary crossed Bernie Sanders. She cheated him. Spied on him. That's a documented fact. The young people wanted Bernie Sanders. He talked about the student loan. He, talked, he, he, he was giving them stuff. But they crossed him. That's what they did. And if you ask young people today, they're tired of the two-party duopoly. They don't even bother with it. I talk to them all the time, and I got peeps like that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not scared. Joe, what has Joe Biden done? Eighty-two years old. Come on. Facts. Straight facts. Straight. Yeah. Manny, feel free to jump in. You know, I know you have something to say. Can't tell me you're not over there marinating. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, they can't listen. Anybody who thinks that these young people are not watching this shit and either thinking we're batshit crazy or just fed up, they're crazy, right? Yeah. The truth is, our generation, mine, yours, three fifths, we need to do better. We need to shake it off because right now, I don't think people realize most of us are walking around. I hate, I, I don't mean to whatever. Please don't take this the wrong way, but we're just walking around brain dead. We're not thinking. You need to give a fuck about this. Don't buy into that narrative. Go ahead, man. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, you know, and I, I say this all the time is, you know, my generation <clears throat> doesn't get enough credit, you know, when it comes to people thinking that we pay attention to these issues and these movements and these concepts and ideologies. Like, we're not given enough credit. You know, I think they, they think that you know, we're just so infatuated with social media and taking selfies and doing TikTok dances and stuff. And okay, we're teens and, and they do that for fun. But on a very real level, they absolutely know what's going on. They do care about these issues. We do talk about it, <laughs> you know, when the topics come up, right? And we have real opinions on it. And, and a lot of times, you know, we don't have the same opinions. So then that sparks a whole nother thing, you know, and it's so we like we are very much uh, intertwined with what's happening in the world, in the country, city, state, whatever have you. Right. But almost never given that acknowledgement. Right. It, it's, it's almost as if, you know, there's this narrative on Gen Z that we don't even have the capacity, you know, to be aware you know what's going on and have opinions and and actually want to do things about it right and like no that is such 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 a false absolutely false and absurd narrative that's placed upon my generation it, it just is and may I add something also to that I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've talked to a lot of young people if you notice when the grants come into the black and latino communities grant money for things, it's always sports. I talked to some young people that got young young brothers and say a Latino brother told me and, a, and, a, and, a, and an African American brother told me, we want to do robotics. Why can't some of that money come in? Everything is either sports, poetry, this slam, that slam. Now you go to white suburbs, that money come in, they got think tanks. That's Not only that, but they could do things like study political science. They, bec you know, they could do other things. You're so right. Americans, they tired of the basketball money coming in there, going to Floyd Benefield. They want to learn robotics. They want to do other things, computers. You know, hell, maybe that child will have a laptop. Get them a laptop. How about paying internet with that money for maybe four years so family can get it? They got portable internet boxes now. You can get one from a, a, a T-Mobile, like $30 a month. That'll give you access. Listen, I think that, you know, our generation needs to really like humble ourselves. I mean, it's both ways, right? The young people need to humble themselves too because part of the problem here is we allowed ourselves to get disconnected. That was the big faux pas with the cell phone, you know, the whole cell phone industry there. We all, we text each other. I know I do. I text people more than I talk to them sometimes because it's easier. Yeah. 
Sometimes somebody, you know, they're just studying or something. It took over. We don't talk to each other anymore. We don't spend time with each other. We don't relate with each other. Most families only get to see each other in passing in the morning, right, if that. And that's sad. But what's sadder is that right here, right now, we're seeing all this buffoonery. And yet and still, we don't see that it has to fucking change. It cannot go on like this. You know, I mean, if we don't do something, I mean, I don't know about everybody else. I know the three of us were thinking about the government shutdown, right? But I don't know if people have really accepted what's really going on in America. I really feel like most people are so busy trying to survive. They've decided I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. How could those of us, you know, and this is a question on the floor. How can those of us who are, how can we do a better job plugging They're there. They're there. They just have to get, you know, the feeling. But as I said before, sometimes young people also look at, you know, people like my age and stuff and older. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. But we do know something. So you got to know how to crack that, that shell, too. But that's a good question that you posed. I, I, that I really can't answer. I just always say you have to start to believe it. Manny, what you thinking over there? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, you know, uh, um, in a very, you know, just just simplistic and uh, in a very humble way, you know, I, I say that I spent I spent the last eight years <laughs> doing uh, trying to do that um, with my peers, with people older than me, right? Who I know that. Due to so many reasons, they they don't want to watch the news. They don't want to know what's going on in the country because, you know, they have a lot to focus on in their own lives, right? And trying to survive and trying to have a family and, or, or you know, for my generation, just trying to make it, you know, through school and be successful and, and, and try to have career aspirations, right? So I spent years, you know, trying to devise different ways and, and you know respecting their boundaries right but also um speaking with them and engaging them you know um to let them know like listen you're absolutely right that you have a lot to worry about and there's a lot for you to focus on but in a way i also want to help you to you know become more aware more engaged in and, and the fact that there are powers at play here, there are things at play here on a larger scale that quite literally affect what's happening to you right now. And, and a lot of times, you know, again, I, I get the looks of confusion, like, what are you talking about? And no, that, that that's not true and all that, right? But then that's where, like, with all the knowledge that I've acquired and, and that I, you know, the experiences that I've been through and the things that I've been a part of, I can sit there and like break it down and explain to them and, or be like, listen, I'll show you, like, I will show you 
that this is happening and this is affecting you. This is how it's going to affect you. So, yeah, you know, for some people, it's it's not a matter of getting involved because they have enough going on in their lives. But it's you need to be aware of this. Look out for this. Look out for that. Whatever, whatever. And then for others, it is you know getting involved and getting engaged, right? So, what I've done throughout the years for for the youth, right, um, is. I start, I always, always start them with the education of it, right? Uh, the education of the bigger powers at play, right? The political parties, the government, the branches of government, right? What these different terms are going to be, you're going to hear them, right? They're going to be on the news. They're going to be in the articles. Here's what the terms mean. Be, you know, break it down simple level. Now, here's how it's going to affect you. Should it ever happen? Should this ever happen? This is happening right now. Here's how it's affecting you right now. Right? Like just really breaking down just that whole education piece. And then afterward saying, all right, now let you know what you know. Right? And don't think you know everything just because, you know, you learned all this because it's a new thing to learn every day. But now you have the foundational knowledge and the foundational, you know, kind of uh, overall consensus, right, of what's happening to help combat it, to help offset this, to help, uh, you know, contribute to this, to help do this or whatever. And then that's a whole nother pipeline there, right? For the older people, it had, now that's where it's more difficult, right? Because like I've mentioned many times before, they look at someone like me who's younger, right? Who, in their eyes, the term inexperience comes to mind, right? Oh, what can a, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, even now 18-year-old tell me about the world or teach me about the world or about, you know, the way this country works? And I've been, you know, alive for 50, 60, 40, 70 years. You know, what can they teach me? Like, you can't teach me anything I don't already know. So, you know, that point I had made in a previous episode of that gap, right? That age gap and how they just, they'll stop it right there. They, they won't even listen <laughs> to, you know, what the younger people have to say. So it's hard, but nonetheless, you, you still push through. You still, you know, try and, and, and show them and prove to them, really prove to them. You do know what you're talking about. You, you do have something you know, to 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 show them and, and or just inform them about, right? It's not in a disrespectful manner, right? You're not saying you know more than them, but you know something maybe they don't know much about, right? Or you provide a different perspective on it. So it's a lot. I mean, it, there's many different approaches that you, you have to take depending on, you know, the, the type of person, the group of people, what you're going to be talking about, it's a lot. It really is. It's complex. It is complex, but we have to start start somewhere, right? Absolutely. We got to start somewhere, and that's why we're we're three people doing what we're doing right now. That's the reason why we're starting right here, and that's also the reason why we've been talking about having a whole series where we talk about what Gen Z is thinking, 
right? Because people need to hear it. I feel like Generation Z, we talk about tokenization, but I don't know if we talk about the tokenization of Gen Z enough. And what I'm saying is, most times when young people are invited to participate in the movement, whether it be any aspect of it, you know, you don't necessarily see them representing themselves. Instead, you see them being managed and um, more so they're being coached into what to say. That's called grooming. And um, I feel like it's very important, especially right now in the time we're in, and we're looking at what's going on around us, right? And what's happening right at the state capitol, right? The decisions that are being made. This is the time when we really have to say, come on, Gen Z, we need you to tap in here. Because, you know, unless we bridge that gap, that's the bridge that we need to build. That bridge with the wokeness, that bridge is over, man. That bridge is over. Build a bridge with the young people. Sit down, do what we used to do. Call the young people in your family and say, yo, let's just sit down and talk. Watch TV together, right? Break bread, have a beer, have some tea, right? Let's talk about these things. Don't just judge them and feel they just want to play video games all day. Granted, some may do that, but also some may actually not give a fuck about that or sports or anything else. But you won't do it, you know. What you said is true. A lot of young people don't know. I don't know if Manny probably knows. You hit 18, you got to register for the draft. Because I know some of my uh, friend's sons didn't do it. They got to get the loan. Yes. You have, to, you have to register for the draft. I think the women, too, I'm not sure. So I'll tell some young people, it's not that you're getting drafted, but that's the law. You have to you have to register. Yes. You, try to get like a, you buy a house down the road and say you're 20 years old, they're going to say, but you didn't register for the draft. Right. Right. But that's the educational part. That that's the education. And, and if this country wants to go to war, right? We're talking about Ukraine every five fucking seconds. What do you think is going to happen, right? If we keep up all these invitations for war and, and all of this other shit, what's going to happen is they're going to have to, or they're going to say they have to recruit people. And then they're really, really going to draft. And we saw how that went. That's how we got Section 8. And we see how that's going. So where the fuck does it end? And that's why we're doing what we're doing right now to make tomorrow better. Before we close out for tonight, three-fifths, you have As always, Manny's the man. Just keep doing what you're doing, brother. I'm going to tell you something. You know, high five. High five, brother. Three-fifths for saying that because it's facts. This young man has decided to come on here and bravely share his thoughts. We don't always agree, but like I always say, this agreement is a great place to find a solution, all right? And we appreciate you, Manny, very much for taking this step, and we hope that others are inspired by you to see that it's okay to have these awkward conversations. And as you said, you know, be brave enough to challenge the bullshit. It's okay. All right. It's okay. Manny, before we tune out for tonight, well, how about you? Oh, I, I just so, so grave. I mean, you guys can't see it, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm grinning ear to ear. Uh, and I have such a, a warm feeling in my heart. I, I really am so, so appreciative and grateful uh, for the both of you. Um, again, I can't emphasize it enough that you know, my generation, um, 
<laughs> we, we have our own lived experiences. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, I know so many of my peers uh, who have never received that type of support, <laughs> that heartburn. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, you know, uh, we don't receive that type of support and words of encouragement. And so that's why I always say, you know, find someone, you know, whether it's a young person or, or an older person, anyone. And, and just words of encouragement, words of support, it means so much to a person. It really, really does. But um, my message, as always, um, is I know that there are a million and one problems um, that, that are present in your city, in your state, in the country, in the world. Young people, I know it's hard to get your voice out there and, and for it to be acknowledged and recognized and, and for you to not be dismissed, right? And, and to find the validation that you know what you're talking about and you have opinions and you have a stance on things and, and you want to venture into other fields, right? You don't want to fit into the status quo Right, you want to go into robotics and engineering and, and healthcare and all these different things. Keep keep pushing. Keep pushing. If there's anything I can impart onto my generation and even people who are younger than me, is this one thing I learned is you have to. You have to have to keep pushing. If you want to find your place in the field or in the thing that you want to do, you have to push yourself into there because it's hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But I guarantee you, with the, the resilience, with the determination, right, that you find in yourself, if you can push through and, and stand your ground once you get into that field, I guarantee you it's going to be worth it. You just have, you have to keep pushing, you know, stand out. You're going to make people uncomfortable. Oh, well, make people uncomfortable. It's what I've done for the past eight years, right? But you, you, you need to need to do it. Um, for people in general, listen, people like three-fifths, me, CJ, and so many others, we're going to be here on the front lines. We're going to keep talking about the things that make people uncomfortable. Why? Because someone has to. If you talk about me specifically, listen, people, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there, getting there. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm taking every opportunity that I can to get into the places that I want to get to, to accomplish the changes that I feel need to be accomplished. All I ask is that you be kind to one another that you just try, try to believe in someone, believe in yourself, and uh, hey, you'll be seeing me on that front line. Let me tell you something. This is why we have to support and encourage our young people. We're not gonna last forever, right? But it doesn't mean that what we know cannot be passed down. And this is why the real bridge we have to build, the real one, is between us, the black and brown, young and old that's what needs to happen fuck that white that woke shit okay that woke shit leave them with that because look at where it has gotten us nowhere people still sleep all right 
That's just some buffoonery to make you think that something was happening. Like we keep telling you all, Elijah Muhammad spoke about the white liberals. All right. The problem never went away. It just got redefined. Now, we're going to continue these conversations, and we cannot thank you all enough for your continued support and encouragement and empowerment. Thank you so much for tuning in and keeping us encouraged and supporting us as we do this work, because this is how we get back our power. All right. You know, we need to get it back. We need to take it back. And don't apologize. Actually, do what the Panthers did. Say what they say. What we want, what we believe. Get that platform ready. Talk to your people. Reach out. All right. Well, that's all for now. We'll be back again. Thank you all for tuning in. Fist up, smile on, CJ.